Independent Audio presents William Shakespeare's Troilus and Cressida, Act 3, Part 2, A Plague of Opinion. Now, princes, for the service I have done you, the advantage of the time prompts me aloud to call for recompense. Appear it to your mind that through the sight I bear in things to love, I have abandoned Troy, left my possession, incurred a traitor's name, exposed myself from certain and possessed conveniences to doubtful fortunes, sequestering from me all that time, acquaintance, custom and condition made tame and most familiar to my nature. And here, to do you service, and become as new into the world, strange, unacquainted. I do beseech you, as in way of taste, to give me now a little benefit, out of those many registered in promise, which, you say, live to come in my behalf. What wouldst thou of us, Trojan? Make demand! You have a Trojan prisoner called Antenor, yesterday took. Troy holds him very dear. Oft have you, oh, often have you thanks therefore, desired my crested in right great exchange, whom Troy hath still denied. But this Antenor, I know, is such a rest in their affairs that their negotiations all must slack wanting his manage, and they will almost give us a prince of blood, a son of Priam, in exchange of him. Let him be sent, great princes, and he shall buy my daughter, and her presence shall quite strike off all service I have done in most accepted pain. Let Diomedes bear him and bring us Crescent hither. Calchas shall have what he requests of us. Good Diomed, furnish you fairly for this interchange. Withal bring word if Hector will tomorrow be answered in his challenge. Ajax is ready. This shall I undertake, and tis a burden which I am proud to bear. Achilles stands in the entrance of his tent. Hmm. it our general to pass strangely by him, as if he were forgot, and princes all lay negligent and loose regard upon him. I will come last. Tis like he'll question me why such unplausive eyes are bent on him. If so, I have derision medicinable to use between your strangeness and his pride, which his own will shall have desire to drink. It may be good. Pride hath no other glass to show itself but pride, for supple knees feed arrogance and are the proud man's fees. We'll execute your purpose and put on a form of strangeness as we pass along. So do each lord and either greet him not or else disdainfully, which shall shake him more than if not looked on, I will lead the way. What? Comes the general to speak with me? You know my mind. I'll fight no more against Troy. What says Achilles? Would he aught with us? Would you, my lord? <laughs> Would you, my lord, aught with the general? No. Nothing, my lord. Hmph. 
the better. Good day. Good day. How do you? How do you? What? Does the cuckold scorn me? How now, Patroclus? Ajax. Good morrow, Ajax. Huh? Good morrow. Aye, and a good next day, too. What mean these fellows? Know they not Achilles? They were used to bed and to send their smiles before them to Achilles, to come as humbly as they used to creep to holy altars. What? Am I poor of late? Tis certain greatness, once fallen out with fortune, must fall out with men too. What the declined is, he shall as soon read in the eyes of others as feel in his own fall. For men, like butterflies, show not their mealy wings but to the summer. And not a man, for being simply man, hath any honor, but honor for those honors that are without him, as place, riches, favor, prizes of accident as oft as merit. Which, when they fall, as being slippery standers, the love that leaned on them as slippery too, do one pluck down another, and together die in the fall. But tis not so with me. Fortune and I are friends. I do enjoy at ample point all that I did possess, save these men's folks, who do, methinks, find out something not worth in me such rich beholding as they have often given. Oh, here is Ulysses. Interrupt his reading. How now, Ulysses? Oh, now, great Thetis' son. What are you reading? A strange fellow here writes me. That man, how dearly ever parted, how much in having, or without, or in, cannot make boast to have that which he hath, nor feels not what he owes, but by reflection. As when his virtues shining upon others, Heat them, and they retort that heat again to the first giver. This is not strange, Ulysses. The beauty that is born here in the face, the bearer knows not, but commends itself to others' eyes. Nor doth the eye itself, that most pure spirit of sense, behold itself. Not going from itself, but eye to eye, opposed, salutes each other with each other's form. For speculation turns not to itself till it hath traveled and is mirrored there where it may see itself. This is not strange at all. I do not strain at the position, it is familiar, but at the author's drift, who in his circumstance expressly proves that no man is the lord of anything, though in and of him there be much consisting till he communicate his parts to others. Nor doth he of himself know them for aught till he behold them formed in the applause where they're extended, who, like an arch, reverberates the voice again, or, like a gate of steel fronting the sun, receives and renders back his figure and his heat. I was much wrapped in this, and apprehended here immediately the unknown Ajax. Heavens, what a man is there! A very horse that has he knows not what. Nature, what things there are, most abject in regard, and dear in use. What things again, most dear in the esteem, and poor in worth. Now shall we see tomorrow, an act that very chance doth throw upon him. Ajax renowned. O oh, heavens, what some men do, while some men leave to do. How some men creep in skittish fortune's hall, while others play the idiots in her eyes. How one man eats into another's pride, while pride is fasting in his wantonness. 
to see these Grecian lords. Why, even already they clapped the lover Ajax on the shoulder, as if his foot were on brave Hector's breast, and great Troy shrieking. Hmm, I do believe it. For they passed by me as misers do by beggars, neither gave to me good word nor look. What, are my deeds forgot? Time hath, my lord, a wallet at his back, wherein he puts alms for oblivion, a great-sized monster of ingratitudes. Those scraps are good deeds past, which are devoured as fast as they are made, forgot as soon as done. Perseverance, dear my lord, keeps honor bright. To have done is to hang quite out of fashion, like a rusty male in monumental mockery. Take the instant way, for honor travels in a strait so narrow where one but goes abreast. Keep then the path, for emulation hath a thousand sons that one by one pursue. If you give way or hedge aside from the direct forthright, like to an entered tide, they all rush by and leave you hindmost. Or like a gallant horse fallen in first rank, lie there for pavement to the abject rear, or run and trampled on. Then what they do in present, though less than yours in past, must o'ertop yours. For time is like a fashionable host that slightly shakes his parting guest by the hand, and with his arms outstretched as he would fly, grasps in the comer, welcome ever smiles, and farewell goes out sighing. Oh, let not virtue seek remuneration for the thing it was, for beauty, wit, high birth, vigor of bone, desert in service, love, friendship, charity are subjects all to envious and calumniating time. One touch of nature makes the whole world kin, that all with one consent praise newborn gods, though they are made and molded of things past, and give to dust that is a little guilt, more laud than guilt or dusted. The present eye praises the present object, then marvel not, thou great and complete man, that all the Greeks begin to worship Ajax, since things in motion sooner catch the eye than what not stirs. The cry went once on thee, and still it might, and yet it may again. If thou wouldst not entomb thyself alive, and case thy reputation in thy tent, whose glorious deeds, but in these fields of late, made emulous missions amongst the gods themselves, and drave great Mars to faction. Of this my privacy I have strong reasons. Against your privacy, the reasons are more potent and heroical. Tis known, Achilles, that you are in love with one of Priam's daughters. Ha! Known! Is that a wonder? The providence that's in a watchful state knows almost every grain of Plutus' gold, finds bottom in the uncomprehensive deeps, keeps place with thought, and almost like the gods does thoughts unveil in their dumb cradles. There is a mystery with whom relation durst never meddle in the soul of state, which hath an operation more divine than breath or pen can give expression to. All the commerce that you have had with Troy as perfectly is ours as yours, my lord, and better would it fit Achilles much to throw down Hector than Polyxena, but it must grieve young Paris now at home, when fame shall in our island sound her trump, and all the Greekish girls shall tripping sing. Great Hector's sister did Achilles win, 
But our great Ajax bravely beat down him. Farewell, my lord. I, as your lover, speak. The fool slides o'er the ice you should break. To this effect, Achilles, have I moved you. A woman, impudent and mannish grown, is not more loathed than an effeminate man in time of action. I stand condemned for this. They think my little stomach to the war and your great love for me restrains you thus. Sweet, rouse yourself. And the weak wanton Cupid shall from your neck unloose his amorous fold. And like a dewdrop from the lion's mane, be shook to air. Shall Ajax fight with Hector? Aye, and perhaps receive much honor by him. I see my reputation is at stake. My fame is shrewdly gored. Oh, then beware. Those wounds heal ill that men do give themselves. A mission to do what is necessary seals a commission to a blank of danger. And danger, like an ague, subtly tense even then, when we sit idly in the sun. Go call Thersites hither, sweet Patroclus. Send the fool to Ajax and desire him to invite the Trojan lords after the combat to see us here unarmed. I have a woman's longing, an appetite that I am sick withal to see great Hector in his weeds of peace, to talk with him and to behold his visage even to my full of view. Wonder of wonder of wonder. What? Ajax goes up and down the field asking for himself. How so? He must fight singly tomorrow with Hector and is so prophetically proud of a heroical cudgeling that he raves and saying nothing. How can that be? Why, he stalks up and down like a peacock, astride in a stand, ruminates like an hostess that hath no arithmetic but her brain to set down her reckoning, bites his lip with a politic regard, as who should say, there were no wit in this head, it pulled out, and so there is, but it lies as coldly in him as fire in a flint, which will not show without knocking. The man's undone forever. For if Hector break not his neck in the combat, he'll break it himself in vain glory. <laughs> he knows not me. I said, good morrow, Ajax. And he replies, thanks, Agamemnon. What think you of this man that takes me for the general? He's grown a very landfish, language thus a monster. A plague of opinion. A man may wear it on both sides, like a leather jerkin. Thou must be my ambassador to him, Thersites. Who, I? Why, he'll answer nobody. He professes not answer. Speaking is for beggars. He wears his tongue in his arms. I will put on his presence. Let Patroclus make demands to me. You shall see the pageant of Ajax. To him, Patroclus. Tell him I humbly desire the valiant Ajax to invite the most valorous Hector to come unarmed to my tent and to procure safe conduct for his person of the magnanimous and most illustrious six or seven times honored Captain General of the Grecian Armor, Agamemnon, etc. Do this. Jove bless great Asia. <laughs> I come from the worthy Achilles, who most humbly desires you to invite Hector to his tent <laughs> and to procure safe conduct. Agamemnon. Agamemnon? Aye, my lord. <laughs> what say you to it? God be with you with all my heart. Your answer, sir. If tomorrow be a fair day, by eleven o'clock it will go one way or other. Howsoever, he shall pay for me ere he has me. Your answer, sir. Fare you well, with all my heart. Why, but he is not in this tune, is he? No, but he's out of tune thus. 
What music will be in him when Hector has knocked out his brains, I know not. But I'm sure none, unless the fiddler Apollo get his sinews to make catlings on. Come, thou shalt bear a letter to him straight. Let me bear another to his horse, for that's a more capable creature. Ugh. My mind is troubled like a fountain stirred, and I myself see not the bottom of it. Fountain of your mind were clear again that I might water an ass at it. I'd rather be a chicken of sheep than such a valiant ignorance. <laughs> the Pendant Shakespeare, also known as the Wild Bill Variety Show. Troilus and Cressida, Act 3, Part 2. Featuring the voice talents of Julia E. as the prologue, Aurora Gortha as Calchis, Gail Womba as Agamemnon, Chris Casey as Diomedes, Garen Fitzgerald as Nestor, Garen Fitzgerald as Achilles, Andre Verneau as Menelaus, Kendra Murray as Ulysses, David Fullerton as Ajax, Stuart Moyer as Patroclus, Benjamin Bradley as Thersites. Written by William Shakespeare. Audio adaptation by Morgan Z. Sowell. Directed by James Rossi and Joel Rowan. Music by Josh Molan at thetunepeddler.com. Pendant Shakespeare theme by London Bell. Produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2019 Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.